0: You're listening to Tabletop Genesis, a podcast by Genesis fans, for Genesis fans. Hi there, this is Mike Lord. And Tom Roche. And we are again, Tabletop Genesis, coming to you with a new Peter Gabriel track. What's the title of this one today, Tom? And Still. And Still. So let's listen to a little bit of And Still, and then we'll jump into our chat. Tom we've heard this track before we heard it live at the Philly show yes and we talked about it a little bit in our kind of tour wrap-up but now having heard the studio version what do you think of this
1: I realize why it didn't really stick with me during the show I think just because it's another kind of that comes in and goes out without any big build-up but i have some parts of it that i really like okay there are some parts of it that remind me of other songs and there's parts of it that mm. reminds me of a psycho killer but other than that <laughs> <laughs> not the
0: talking head song an
1: actual no. psycho killer okay. has to say no not that right. one okay each of those topics we can get into a little okay.
0: bit Okay, yeah we'll dive into that my opinion of the song is I, I certainly liked the song hearing it live, but as, as I remember saying in the and in, in the concert review video, you know, having lost both my mom and my dad this year, it's and again, I I kind of hate that the metaphor of losing or passing away—they died. It's fine, but it's like I kind of wanted more from this song, and I did th- get a bit more from this studio version of it, and I think that as time passes for me. I think this song will hit me a little bit more, but it's still maybe things are Gabriel said in the video, uh, the full moon video that his mom died about six years ago and it took him some time to write this because he needed to get some distance from the emotional piece of that. And maybe as a listener, I'm totally willing to admit that I may need some emotional distance from it too, before this song can really, probably hit me in the way that it will hit me one day and and that's that's okay like i liked this song and there's things i liked about it and as you said i do think it's a little dark in places which surprised me but yeah i think overall it's uh for oh i almost called it ovo for io <laughs> it's the mid it's it feels like a middle of the pack type of song for me it certainly isn't a bad song, like I said. And, and I don't, again, I don't think any of them are bad songs, but it's not one of my favorites at this point.
1: It starts off very interesting for me. I like the cello, mm, right. which I think was played by someone from the New Blood Orchestra, whereas live it was done by Ayana. Yes. So that was a very nice introduction. And I like the setup. Then it kind of goes into, a section which my which I couldn't stop thinking of, my head sounds like that from yes, up. sure. That kind of... Da, na, 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 mm. da, na, na, like that kind of like pulsing rhythm, you know, lyrics on top. I get what you're saying that like it didn't hit you the way that it should. I fortunately still have my mother. Yes. But, you know, I lost my dad. Uh, what is it? Thirty-one years ago sure, now, right? And his song "Father Son" does hit me from t- from time to time, like when I listen to it, and when he played it with his the orchestra. Forget about it, <laughs> right? Sure, yeah. Uh, You're
0: gonna make me cry now talking about <laughs> it. So,
1: just a pool of bubbles and tears, exactly. So I I think maybe because I haven't experienced you know the maternal loss, but something just also about it wasn't striking me like it wasn't tugging on my heartstrings the way that yeah it may for other people i mean some people could be listening to this and it you know hits them at the right moment you know brings up memories of you know a mother's warmth and and being raised by you know a caring individual you know the hands to brush my hair yeah etc so some somebody could be hitting them and they need it, which is good. Yeah. I think uh, people sometimes need music at different points. And, you know, if, if, if this does that for you, you know, that's probably a good release for you.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And I think the the music for this track is gorgeous. Like, I really think as an as an instrumental piece, it has that. And I, I almost mistakenly called this from Ovo before, but there was something about this music that just reminded me in general of the Passion soundtrack. Not any particular mm. track or anything, but just that mood of it, it felt in a good way, very soundtracky. and I liked that. But it was interesting lyrically, I do you've mentioned some of the specific things in there, and I do there's a phrase I don't remember where it was from, but i've I've really latched onto to it in writing and in music and in lyrics that it's like the the specific is universal. Like Gabriel is very specifically talking about some of his experiences with his mother. And because it's specific to him, everybody can put their own things onto it. Sometimes people feel with writing, you have to be very vague and kind of make it applicable applicable to everyone. But I think the opposite of that is true, where it's like, if you get very specific, people, even if they didn't have that specific experience... It's like, oh, I know what this feels like. Like, he has the line about going through the home and and seeing, you know, all the things that bring up his memories and of the house he lived in and everything. Whereas with my situation, when we were cleaning out my mom's house before when we were before she when she was still alive, actually, I had never lived in that house. But it makes me think about that experience And so it's like, it's still, even though it's a comparison, it's not a one-to-one thing. It's still like, oh, I know what I can put myself in his shoes in that way. And I think that's something that's, that's very, that's a really positive thing with the track. But then in that middle, I don't even know if describing it as a, as a middle eight, it gets a lot darker than I think, (laughs) than that. I don't want to say that it should, but that I know we all have complex relationships with our parents, but I'm like, and the lyrics there aren't particularly dark, but the music really feels
1: foreboding. This is the, as I alluded to earlier, the Norman Bates section where there's there's all of a sudden like an eerie relationship with mother and (laughs) he's like in your belly with (laughs) your food (laughs) and <laughs> your love of family and friends, the dogs and horses too. It's like all this dark stuff. You're like, whoa, where yeah. is he going? That's here? a verse is... of the monster mash right there. So <laughs> it that's the, the creepy part. I'm like, all right, well, cause then like, uh, I think with father son, I, I know I'm not re- It's kind of apples and apples, different types of apples. Yeah. But. I mean, it's, it, he even says
0: that he wrote father son for his father when he was still alive. He wrote this after his mom passed away. But it's so he's drawing the comparison or the cr- contrast to them saying, I wrote a song for my dad, I wrote a song for my mom, and they're very different.
1: And with that song, even I felt like it was a consistent, nice build up with father, son, father, son. So it yeah. can get you by the end, whereas yeah. this one you might be rolling up and then all of a sudden he takes that weird right turn yeah. down a dark <laughs> pathway <laughs> And then it kind of like takes you out of any maybe maudlin feelings you might have to Oh, And then yeah. there's not enough time to bring you back to that maudlin place. So that's, I think, where it it kind of lose, it lost the steam right there. It sort of gets a little bit back with the instrumental bridge after that, which is really nice. Yeah, it is. And I think he either I read in the email, because I apologize, I haven't watched the video yet, but I think in the email he said he purposely wrote that like to sound like music his mom used to listen to and like yeah like that is par- of
0: his of his parents era that type right. of feel to it and and some of the changes in there do have that you know old timey feel to it in a good way again I I think the music to this is gorgeous. so yeah
1: I thought that was fantastic but then by the time he goes into then just you know another verse or pre chorus and then the chorus again and then it ends so I kind of but that I will say that reprise of the
0: chorus at the end, put it back in a place for me that the song kind of came out of that darker place with a different context to it, but it still felt, I thought that strange turn in it was almost an acknowledgement of, again, I I never want to psychoanalyze, you know, any of the (laughs) band members, but, but maybe he had a more complex relationship with his mother than his father, or that he was comfortable writing about that relationship once she was gone. You know, it certainly doesn't sound like anything horrible, horrible was going on because, again, the lyrics, even with your spooky reading of them, are still relatively, you know, relatively positive. You know, the relationship, providing food, you know, it's just the way that they're performed feels dark. So it's along with the with the change of mood in the music. So it's 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 a fascinating song to me. And maybe that's maybe i'm being too intellectual about it versus just letting it be
1: just let the feelings wash over you whatever those feelings are but <laughs> exactly. this is this this also is the dark side version yes is it not so maybe the bright side version hmm. has this section a little bit different i yeah. can't see how it would be too different and i can't remember i'd have to look at maybe a youtube video and see how it was performed yeah. live it was if it was a little more straightforward or not as dark
0: i feel it was pretty close to this mix of things like it's because i remember that turn live also but i wasn't concentrating on the on the lyrics as much other than oh this went dark or, or feels a bit darker in a song about his mom you know or or maternal relationships however you want to think about that so yeah so i think overall i'm i'm very i like this song but i i know that it may take time to really reveal itself to me
1: yeah and i think once the album comes out and i think it will be interesting then to just sit down and listen to this within the scope of the album and where it fits and right
0: i i have the feeling that this is that the the way these songs have been released is the order of them on the album i'm pretty sure
1: i think so we'd have to go back and check but <laughs> we'd
0: have to be we'd have to be on our computer of some type to pull yeah, up that It's impossible
1: so. uh, i'll have to go to the library and yeah you know, check out so. the card catalog yeah what i was going to say is i think that i don't think this will be would be one that i would skip on the album sure. but i feel like i would have to be in a place where i want to spend seven minutes and 42 seconds to go through, <laughs> through this so yeah yeah but we'll see we have uh just about a month now before the album comes out comes out in december and i've i've pre-ordered it i assume that you
0: probably have also
1: it's in my cart i think i'm I'm just going to get the the dual cd
0: okay i i am doing the dual cd along with the blu-ray because again sucker for surround stuff and and i will say don't when i was listening to this track yesterday again the way i have my media organized on my computer and kind of can view it through the, the stereo and the TV is I, I played a couple other tracks from IO and I listened to both versions of Road to Joy back-to-back back, and I was grooving around my apartment listening to those, that songs so. Excellent. And I think that, and I, I didn't do a comparison, I think the lyrics in those two mixes may be slightly different. I felt like one of the verses might've been like a different set of lyrics but again somebody who's done a closer listen to this may have to uh tell me i'm wrong about it so that is a song that listening listening back to it i was like oh this will be this is this is a keeper here both versions (laughs) of it are, are keepers so so again we're looking forward this and we know the last song now next month for december or this month now later in november will be
1: uh, Live and Let Live. Live and Let Live. Yeah. Look forward to that. I didn't actually look up when the December full moon is. I knew it was this past- Or November
0: now, I guess it'll be. So, because we had the Ah, October full moon, so now it'll be November, and then it'll come out. The album will be out in December. It's towards the end of this month. I can say it is, uh, let me do a quick doodle here. Let's say November full moon 2023 is on the 27th <laughs> of so november of november so right. so that will be you know watch for our pod we will certainly have a podcast for that you know post thanksgiving post u.s holiday thanksgiving and everything
1: even though it's the 11th month there were two in yes september. one
0: month had two yeah i forget which one it was august
1: they- august or september had two okay. yeah yeah
0: so with that we've we're talking about Peter Gabriel now, but we also did both in October see Mr. Steve Hackett at the town hall in New York. So how is your experience of that show, Tom?
1: Uh, I was good, except for my seatmates. Oh, man, they were awful. They were horrible. <laughs> know, those people, you know, you had to sit
0: with and everything. So uh,
1: it, it was a great show. Like, I love seeing Steve. You know, for those who have seen it, uh, the show is divided into two parts. The first part is his collection selection of solo stuff and then the second half is for this particular towards that we saw was Foxtrot at 50 yeah uh so it was all Foxtrot and then I believe Firth of fifth the drum solo and then into Los sendos
0: yes that is correct so I thought that it was a great show I was happy that again if if you're we're gonna talk a little bit about the set list here, Foxtrot, you obviously know what Foxtrot is, so we're not going to spoil what's played there. But if you're curious about if you don't want to know what Steve played in his um, solo set, you know, skip ahead a few minutes and everything. So generally, the solo set was one new track, a number of things from his, you know, those first four, four albums. And then Camino Royale, which I don't think I've seen him play live before.
1: don't recall but i i could have and just not remembered it because i think right. you're a bigger fan than yeah uh, just more familiar with it than i i don't yeah. think i've listened to that particular album a lot
0: yeah and it's it's also one of those tracks where it's like if he if he played it live he played it a while ago that it's like and but i first saw him in 2009 so you know to that god that seems like well i I guess it is a long time ago when i put it but that's uh that was kind of the the first time i saw him live and everything so so yeah so i like i thought it was a great show i thought that you know there was the foxtrot stuff the foxtrot stuff was great with the main new thing being that timetable a song that had never been played live before was played did you have any reflections on timetable yourself tom
1: I know during our Fox Rot show, I didn't say it, it was my favorite song. Mm-hmm. And that it was mostly like a a piano exercise <laughs> at the yes. beginning, but it it was fine. I enjoyed seeing it because it's one that you don't really see played a lot. Yeah, uh, I feel like I've seen between Steve tribute bands. I feel like I've seen Supper's Ready played a hundred times. <laughs> I don't I don't know why. And I was trying to think how many times has Nad sung that song with right because he's done it you know, the seconds out tour he did this Foxtrot tour. I'm sure he's done it on a few other
0: on previous Hacker tours and everything. Yeah. So, so
1: so hearing timetable was a a unique experience. I like that. And of course it's, it's hard not to, Oh, even, even uh, a song, which I enjoy, but don't love, love get it out by Friday. I thought the way they did that and just, it went to to that silent middle part, like the moody part Yeah. uh, I thought was very well. And, I think Steve did one of the lines of that song as well.
0: Yes, it is my sad duty to inform you of a human. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's fun. And and in Timetable, I thought it was cool that they, like Jonas particularly, I think kind of livened up the bass part a little bit. Like it Mm -hmm. felt like he was a little, you know, doing some things that are not on the album. Because again, if it's a fairly, there's nothing wrong with the track, but you're right. It's not a... It's not something that's like, oh, timetable. That's an epic, a lost classic type of thing. It's more just like, oh, it's cool that we heard it live. They played it, they did a good job with it onto the next track at that point. But yeah, I think that all those all those Genesis performances were good. I I do I totally get, you know, this is now just me being, you know, having seen Steve a bunch of times. It's like I know for the fifth is a big song. Everybody loves it and everything. And I love it too. I just don't know if I need to hear it live for another (laughs) tour or two. Like, but it also has Steve's big guitar break in it, which I get. That's why, you know, why one of the reasons why he plays it. And it's a great guitar break. It's, it's the classic thing that I've said before with certain tracks where in the moment when he's playing it, I enjoy him playing with
1: playing it. If he didn't play it, I wouldn't miss it. I, I did like seeing Steve play with it. So that was uh <laughs> Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's good. It, yeah. Like I said, I don't want to be as curmudgeon about it. It's no, just it kind of a huge like, reaction. Yeah. And
1: yeah. I always have to put myself in the mindset of there are people there who only got into Genesis probably in the last, yeah. I don't know, three or four years. And sure. they've, they did what we did 30 years ago. They went back to the full kind of log. They f- fell in love with Firth or fifth, And they're like finally seeing Steve Hackett, And they're like, Oh, I've. F- I finally get to see him do Firth or Fifth. I can't right. wait. And this is their highlight of the night. And we've had this highlight. I remember the first couple of times I saw him do it. Like, I'm like, I can't believe this. Like, this is, I never thought I'd see him play this song and, and you know, do that solo live. Yeah. And while I don't have that anymore, and sounds like you don't either, like, still great <laughs> right. to hear it. But yeah. Some yeah. people in that crowd were having that first time experience. So yeah. I, I kind of have to put myself in their shoes. And Yeah. Be happy for them that yeah. they're getting a lifelong wish or at least a couple year long wish right <laughs> yeah,
0: and that's and that's why I say like in, in the moment of it, like at the show, I enjoy it. But if it wasn't played, I just wouldn't miss it. Uh I play, I would say play some other big guitar piece from Genesis era type of thing. So but but yeah, but overall, again, if if Steve is coming to your area, I think the tour goes almost to the end of this month within the U S and then I think there's a break until next year. And then, you know, tours parts of the U S again and parts of the UK and Europe, probably again, you know, I always say whenever Steve comes around, you should go see him both for supporting, you know, the music that we love. And also I think that, you know, I'm hoping that next year there'll be a new Steve Hackett studio album. And also he's doing kind of lamb bits next year celebrate the anniversary of the lamb and i hope that he will pick again some of the obvious things i'm sure but also maybe some more obscure things that haven't been played in a while so
1: i I was hoping he would play cell 151 do you know that song
0: (laughs) i do know that song (laughs) and i and i i keep badgering him as i can about those things to say play cell 151 but it's not gonna happen i don't think it's gonna happen i would love for it to happen
1: my hope is that because he's been touring relatively regularly this past year and into Mm -hmm. next year that for the lamb bits tour, Mm -hmm. he switches up a little bit more of the solo stuff that he's done. Like, you know, Ace of Wands is great. Spectra mornings every day. Tower struck down, but like do a little bit more from please don't touch or from some of the other albums that we really interesting to hear. Something and from was,
0: Defector that hasn't been yeah. played in
1: a while, that'd be,
0: you know, there's, he has a deep catalog that because half the set is now Genesis stuff, sometimes he sticks with the classics, which again, like you say, there's a lot of people who might not have heard that material before, so, or haven't heard it live before, so, you know, let them be exposed to those things that are considered, you know, in the Pantheon, Pantheon, so, I almost said Pantheon, kind of very, <laughs> very hoity-toity that way. <laughs> yeah so well the last thing i wanted to bring up was that uh, unfortunately you were not able to make it to this show but we uh, we had tickets to a band here in new york called the losers lounge oh and that this we met up with uh a couple people before the show in peter in the new york show uh a listener to the podcast charlie Nealand and, and i'm again i'm totally mispronouncing his name one way or another. And his friend, Joe McGinty, who is the leader of this Losers Lounge, that does theme nights of different musicians or different bands. They've done Queen. They've done Paul Williams. They've done um, now Peter Gabriel versus Phil Collins. They've done Blondie. They've done the Kings. They've done all these things. And I saw the band a number of times pre-pandemic, and they were always a good time. And they play at Joe's Pub in New York City, which is associated with public theater, And we almost didn't we almost didn't find out until this show was sold out that when Charlie told me about it, when when I met up with him on the at the uh, Peter Gabriel show, that they were performing this Peter Gabriel versus Phil Collins show. And it was a lot of fun. And I'm Tom, I'm sorry. I'm sad you couldn't get to it.
1: Yeah, it was it was tough. It was just stuff going on on my side of. of Yeah life happens tracks yes these things go on
0: (laughs) but it was also just like it was a good mix of it was gabriel solo stuff genesis material that phil sang they didn't play anything from the gabriel era and and phil songs and so and it was periodically through the night it was kind of like hey how many people here are bigger phil fans how many people here are bigger peter gabriel fans and kind of Measuring through the night who was kind of in the lead with things and you know, I'm not going to read every well, you know, I could read every yeah. track here. This will. so we I was at the late show on Thursday night, the 19th of October, and the tracks and each and the way they do this is that there's a band that's playing all this. Uh, Joe McGinty is a keyboard player. And they're each song has a different lead singer to it. So there's are singers that have played with the band before local New York people you know, probably professional musicians, maybe some aren't even, I don't know. So, so again, the set list was red rain, turn it on again. That's all I missed again. Follow you. Follow me against all odds. Don't give up. I don't remember where the bass player actually played a stick and I don't remember. And I was like, oh, that's really cool that he pulled that out for yeah. me. He played it pretty well. So I don't remember. Salisbury Hill in your eyes. Love can heal intruder that our friend charlie Nealand sang on and he did it appropriately creepy so charlie <laughs> very good the good work with that they did this is the picture shot the monkey squonk that in the introduction uh, uh joe said when we first came up with this idea there's one song that we knew we just had to play and this was it and it was swonk. so yeah in the air tonight sledgehammer invisible touch easy lover and misunderstanding and that was the set list for the night so i think it might have changed slightly night to night maybe depending upon which singers were there there was something online where somebody with the band was doing i don't care anymore which wasn't on my set list but it was great i was fascinated to see such a it, it might have been the first time somebody's covering love can heal and you know i
1: would agree i would yeah, money that that's the first time yeah
0: and it was a really good version of it. Uh, Charlie's version of Intruder was great. He really got into the mindset for the track and all the, the sledge and I was a sledgehammer. Sledgehammer was great, but I was going to say another S song. Squonk, was epic. And really? I think, yeah. Oh yeah. It was the band was really heavy on that. I. It was the first night of three nights that they were doing this. I would have loved to have seen kind of the last night after they had played it in for a bit more. Because again, I have no idea how much these guys actually have time to rehearse this stuff. But they did, all the songs were really well done and Squant was heavy. And I think that they did a good balance of Gabriel versus Phil era songs, you know, whether it's Phil doing solo stuff or whatnot. So the band was drums, bass, guitar, a, a guitarist, keyboardist. Joe plays keyboards himself and there was a a percussionist and then for a couple songs, uh, horn players would come out, two or three horn players would come out and mainly for the fill stuff, but anything for a sledgehammer, they played obviously too. So, so again, if, if you get to, if you're in the New York area. And the Losers Lounge are doing an artist that you enjoy. I think the next person they're doing is actually Burt Bacharach sometime in uh, September, uh, in November or December. If you enjoy any of those uh, artists, go and see them. I think that I may have seen uh, them do Elvis Costello. I saw the Paul Williams one. I saw the Queen one. And I'm sure there's a couple others that I just can't remember offhand. But again, always a fun night out.
1: Was there a final audience? The, the final winner?
0: audience <laughs> winner by acclamation was Peter Gabriel. But I think it's also that again, Peter does have a bit more "quote unquote" artistic cred than Phil does. So, and it He's is snobby it is New
1: a, York crowd. Yeah, I was going to say it is a New <laughs> York crowd at
0: the pub at the Public Theater at, at Joe's Pub. So it was. It was definitely that, but I do wonder if maybe an earlier show or a different night, you know, how it would have gone and everything. But, <laughs> but I think actually that, that the, I think they performed, like I missed again was really good. And some of those fill tracks I thought were, were really hit the spot. I was surprised that they did something like, this is the picture. Like then surprised by love can heal. You know, they didn't choose yeah. the obvious, gabriel songs i think they kind of stuck with the obvious phil songs but maybe phil has more obvious songs to choose from but doing easy lover near the end i was like i would have ended with easy lover instead of misunderstanding uh just because i think easy lover had a better punch to it at the end but you know hey they're not asking me anything we again (laughs) this is our business of doing set list consultations for people so uh but that was it so it was fun you know i hope they do it again tom i hope you'd be able to get out for it and everything uh if they do it again maybe we even go to multiple nights and everything maybe we could even get up there and introduce the band being you know we uh we do a podcast about the band. So hey, come listen to us too if you like this music. So We're
1: going to we're going to put the losers in Loser's Lounge. Exactly. That one is way or the maybe other.
0: that is that is the appropriate way to do this and probably <laughs> the appropriate way to end this podcast. I so. think so. All right, well, this is Loser Mike
1: and Loser Tom
0: and we are Tabletop Genesis and we'll be back next month. episode of tabletop genesis archived episodes can be found at tabletopgenesis.com, along with updates polls and various other podcast related news you can also subscribe to the podcast on itunes to have the shows automatically downloaded to your computer when we post new episodes to keep up with all the tabletop genesis activity follow us on twitter at genesis tabletop you can like us on facebook by searching for tabletop genesis and you can email us directly at genesis tabletop at gmail.com Let us know what you think of the podcast or send us questions we can address on future episodes.